thing is, if there's a sense of you, there's time in it, yeah? So like if there's a sense of you that you thinks it has to get ready for a meeting, yeah? If there's a sense of you, then time starts here. This is like the original clock, yeah? And then everything is cast into time. So if something like, if you hear the message, you know, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, and you'll hear it. You're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion, you're a lion. But as soon as it hits the you configuration, it gets translated into I can become like a lion. Yeah? It's not the message. This is just a metaphor of the lion. You're a lion, right? Yeah, I like that. You're a lion. Yeah, I like that. Let's see it again. You're a lion. You're a lion. You're a lion. Hits this. And it's like a ball that got hit. Once the mid arises to catch it, that's the self. Yeah? Now it's, I can become like a lion. That's not the message. You're a lion. All right. I understand. You're a lion. 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 I can become like a lion. That's not the message. Okay? So if the you, if there's, if you entertain that there may not be a you, that's like putting the ball down. I mean the mitt down. That lets the ball go. Yes? That's the new game. The new game is the ball just flies. There's no you catching it. Yeah? The ball just flies. There's no you catching it. As soon as the you arises, there's a game on. Yeah? And that's going to take nine innings or 20 innings, 80 light years or a month or a two-month retreat. Somehow time is going to be invested, invested in the idea that you're entertaining. Because the idea you're entertaining is being given by who thinks it's entertaining the idea, which is the you. And the you, the you representing this little system of thought, now gives meaning to that idea. So let's say nothing is offered. If that you receives it, it's made into something. It cannot receive nothing. It always translates. It's sort of like how sometimes you have one file on the computer and you want to change it to another thing. You have to go through a program for that program to take it and take it from one file to an MP3, let's say. Yeah. So it, it takes the information, but it compresses it and it makes it a whole new uh, recording. Yeah. So it's not that you don't get the message. It's it's that you will never get the message. See, you not getting if you it's if if it's held as I'm not getting the message, then there's hope that you may get it later in what time, yeah? But the real hope is hopelessness. You are never going to get the message. That's the beautifulness of the message. That's like they call the wisdom of no escape. You are not getting it. <laughs> because if the you gets it, it has to take time. Because the time and you are synonymous, yeah? And this is a timeless solution. It doesn't take any time. Even though it may translate here as it took time for you, yeah, the action figure, because that's how this place is translated. It's timelessness is translated into time. So a non-event becomes an event that happened to you in time. But in fact, it was a non-event. Because something that's always so can't be an event. Yeah, it's always so. Yeah. So an event and you are synonymous. 
You is what causes what's always so to seem to be an experience. You is what gives the meaning of what's always so as a happening that's going to happen, but not right now. If it does happen right now, it's going to end in the next minute or two. It always has to have time engaged in it. You can't embrace this message through time. It's a timeless message, yeah? As soon as you attempt to sort of surround it conceptually with time, you've neutered it. You've made it into something else. So nothing is made into something. That's what the statement implies, yeah? You hear nothing. What's being offered is nothing. Nothing, and now watch your head's meaning of nothing. It means there's nothing. Nothing is incredible, actually. So, and you've been getting something for so freaking long. You and I, just like when we were walking down the beach, all we were doing was collecting some things, yeah? We're on a beach every day collecting some things, looking at a shell, looking at this. We're constantly collecting some things, yeah? This is one time you can receive nothing. One time, just receive nothing. Yeah? Just receive nothing. And that, and if you total up all the somethings, they really total up to nothing, basically, if you really look at it in your life. But if you totaled up to nothing, it would be incredibly something. Yeah? If you could just entertain how to hold nothing. And how you hold nothing is you're not the holder. You're not the receiver of the message. You're not the haver of the message. You're not the giver of the message. You're not the one who hasn't gotten the message. You're the one who did get the message, now has lost the message. You're the one that's waiting to get the message. No, you're not any of those little fixed reference points because every fixed reference point has time involved in it. And time is not of this solution. This is a timeless solution. Yeah? When you have downloads of it, one of the biggest flavors you'll get over time is that it's timeless. That in a moment of this clarity, or what we like to call a pause, in that pause, more can be downloaded in that pause than 60 years of learned knowledge. More can, a larger impact than 60 years of assiduously studying something, this, the impact of one pause will have more impact than that. Because this is not something that is degrees engaged and weighed and quantified and added on to and subtracted from. It's a solution from a whole other type of dimension. It's not of this dimension. Yeah. It's a timeless solution. And you can't, when you want to know it, it has to be made into something for you to know it. Because you've been made up. Yeah. For you that's been made up to know something, it has to make that up. So, in a sense, this message is very short and very sweet, but it can be repeated quite a lot. It can be repeated, and it doesn't lose. It's not like playing a song when you hear it too much. It's always alive, yeah, because it's timeless. It's implying, hopefully it is, it's indicating, it's pointing to a timeless solution. So, it's like when you were a kid, and... Uh, well, let's say a Labrador. You have a Labrador and you go down the beach and you play, you know, fetch with it. That thing will not stop playing fetch. It will keep running after that ball if you throw it 50 times, 800 times, and it'll be happy as if it was the first time it probably ran after that ball every time. It tail will be going crazy. And a kid, you can just like this, sneak up on a little kid and go boom, and it goes ha ha. You can do that 30 times. An adult, after three times, uh, I 
this happened already, I know. This is boring, I've seen this already, yeah? Immediately it puts time into it, yeah? And life gets boring with time injected into it. This moment cannot seem enough when injected with time because then you'll compare this moment with there is no this moment with another moment and you'll probably find this one lacking, yeah? You will. Without the time, there would be a recognition, hey, this is all that's actually displaying itself. Why? Because it's all that's displaying itself. I can't touch last week. I can't smell it. I can't feel it. Yeah. All I can do, and I'm not even the doer of it, all, all that can happen is to have thoughts about it. That's the only way I make contact with it. I can't make contact with it with smelling it, touching it, feeling it, seeing it, or hearing it. I can only make contact with it by thought. Yeah? In other words, that happens, that past <laughs> moment only appears in a mental realm. It doesn't appear in this manifest realm, and I guarantee it, it doesn't appear in the unmanifest. Yeah? It only appears, and it doesn't mean it's so, it's not real, but it appears in the mental realm. If you think about last week, it will conjure up feelings about last week, and it will conjure up some physical reactions to it, maybe anxiety, maybe sadness, maybe regret, yes? Or like this, it's sort of like a puppet master playing with the puppet in an imaginary little theater of past and future. It can make you move here with no impending threat happening. It can just think about something, yeah? That's called bondage of self. That's called being bonded to a system of thought that's represented by the word self, or if you want to call it self-centeredness. That is a mind bonded to the idea of being a self, now becomes prey to this mental realm of there and then. And all that is is time. All of it is time. All there is in that thought system is time. Every thought that's had in this thought system is of time. The thought of being okay, I will be okay. The thought of being okay, I was once okay. The thought of being okay, I'm okay now, very fucking rarely. Very rarely, because if you're okay now, you don't need any thought about being okay now. Yeah? But to not be okay now, you need a lot of thought about being okay once and a great hope about being okay later. There's got to be somehow a judgment of this moment compared to another moment and another moment to come up with the withholding. If not, a kid doesn't know that yet, so it's not withheld from this moment, nor is an animal, yeah? They're engaged because their mind can't entertain not being engaged, yes? We entertain that we don't have to be here, and then we can act as if we're not here, yes? And that was something we grew into as a mind. It wasn't there in the beginning when we were first kids, yeah? It was grown into. The self-centered system had to develop. It's a mental process. It wasn't fully developed when it's quote-unquote, we were born. It had, to, it had to grow in time, and that's how we grew into fear. We grew into fear. We grew into anxiety. There was an anxiety in place. We grew into it. It had to be entertained. Certain falsities had to be entertained to make anxiety seem real. It had to be, because in fact, it's not happening. It's only happening in thought. And if you saw that, but if you saw that as a thinker, it would happen later on or it would be happening soon. Yeah? You may have a hit, oh, I'm not, 
I'm, you know, I don't have to follow that, but you'd be following some other thought, yes? Because you are a thought as a self. The idea of self is a thought, yeah? So a thought is never going to leave the thought system. To have, to try to apply affirmations to it, to try to deny, I'm going to just think good thoughts today, is totally pointless. How could self ever get out of self? It's impossible. Yeah? When the only solution of getting out of self is to realize you're not one, really. Everything else, everything else that looks like to you or in our society or whatever group you may be involved in and everyone may give you accolades, oh, he's really trying to get out of self. It's just another form of being in self. Self can't get out of self. Self can never leave the system that makes it, yeah? Self can't appear anywhere else other than in the mental process of selfing. It can't. It's impossible. There is no self. We're not being subjected to a system we don't like. We are, that feeling of being subjected to the system we don't like is the product of the system. That's the product of it. The feeling that there's a you is the product of it. If it's nice or bad, it's still there's a you. You become the central pivot for all this to occur. I feel great, I don't feel great. Feel great, don't feel great. Feel great, don't feel great. Ooh, close, far, close to... I really feel close to my authentic self today. Ooh, I got some porno. I'm really far away from my authentic self. On and on. Just goes on and on and on. Oh, I'm moving really close to what I want to be. Oh, oh, it's just a total obsession with this idea of being self. Just goes on and on and on. And someone, if they see yours, they'd be bored of it in a second. But when they're identified as the one that's having those thoughts, they're totally entranced by it. So you can't say thoughts are doing anything. It's the identification as the thinker or they're about me that's doing it, yeah? If you had certain thoughts running in your head that were driving you crazy now and you came over to me and you shared it with me, I would have no, there would be no overlap in the craziness. Hearing it from you, realizing they're not my thoughts and they're not really about me, I would be immune to all the troubles and, and travails you were in. I would be totally immune to it. No wisdom, no nothing, just the realization they're not my thoughts. I'm not the thinker of those. Yet the same thoughts, if I was sitting here with the exact same thoughts, but they were held as I'm the thinker of these thoughts, or they're about me, I would be in Upshit's Creek. I'd be thinking I was up at Shit's Creek. So it's not the thoughts, it's the identification as the thinker. It's the identification as the object of those thoughts. That is the bonding mechanism. It's not thoughts that are driving you crazy. It's the feeling of being the one that's driven crazy that's actually driving you crazy. Yeah. If you misdiagnose, if you misdiagnose, it's like buying tons of cold medicine, but you have the flu. You can follow those prescription religiously, and you can have hope and expectation that you're going to get relief. And because the flu and cold have common symptoms, some of them, you may get some relief, but you're not going to get a lasting relief because you're misdiagnosed. You don't have that cold. You have the flu. Yeah? So the whole point of this invitation really is seeing that the main movement of selfing is to claim and it claims life as its. And so you're now cast as the doer of everything that's ever happened to you. You feel like you're the doer of it. That's why guilt and shame, even if you recognize 
there's a sense of powerlessness, yes? Even if you recognize the sense of powerlessness that I couldn't help myself to not do that, yeah? There will still be guilt and shame around it because you can't break out the, of the guilt and shame as a self because the whole point of selfing is to be the doer, yeah? The whole point of selfing is to be the doer. Now, if the doing that it's claimed it is given the opinion of being bad or not the right thing to do, what gets produced is guilt and shame, isn't it? And now you, as the one that is the production of that guilt and shame, want to get out of it. You, as a piece of the conveyor belt, the conveyor line wants to get off the conveyor line. You have product in that same conveyor line. Yeah? <laughs> you just precede all the guilt and shame in a, t a linear time frame. You believe you have the guilt and shame. Yeah? You believe you have it. You believe there's a possibility that you don't need the guilt. You don't have to have the guilt and shame. But you don't see they're all intrinsically connected. The you and the guilt and shame are totally wedded. Yeah? You're never going to meet any self here, any identification as a self that's guilt and shame free ever. No fucking way. Because there's the whole point of the selfing is the holding on to the position of I'm the doer. I am the doer of every action that's every, er, ever issued forth from here. I am the doer of it. Yeah? How is that going to be broken by the system itself? The system that's point is to produce that, how is it going to unproduce it? What happens, all right, I'm going to free myself of guilt and shame. And let's say it now has a critique that you haven't done too well freeing yourself from guilt and shame. It will produce more guilt and shame about the, the inability to free yourself from the guilt and shame. Yeah? So in recovery they say self-knowledge avails us nothing. So there's knowledge about self, or you could say any knowledge claimed by self. You can look at it both ways. Knowledge about self and any knowledge claimed by self. If knowledge about self is coming from identification of self, none of it's going to lead you to freedom from self. None of it. You're just going to be a professor of holes, but you're going to keep falling in them. You're going to know all about how you're fucked, but you're going to continually live as if you're fucked. <laughs> knowledge is what intersects or intervenes in that production of the line of ignorance. Yeah, It breaks the link the primary link, in my view, of the identification of self. Therefore, when the first link gets broken to the chain, the chain really doesn't have the ability to bind. Yeah? It looks like a chain. It's still going on. But the most important link, where the two little clasps sink in, yes, is removed. I'm not that. So the link, the mental link occurs. Yeah? But you're not born into it. You're not buying into it. And you're not born as that every second that you're buying into it. Because the self is born every second, yeah, in an appearance. It can never be born, but it's, it's appearing or getting rebirthed every second. Because every time a thought is seen, I'm the thinker of it. Every time a feeling is noted, I'm the feeler of that. These are my feelings. These are my thoughts. It's claiming up the wazoo. That locks in, and then all it does is add on links to the chain, yes, and so the bondage just keeps going around and grows around and around and around, always coming back, always centered on that first link of identification of self. Why waste your time trying to weaken these links? They only get fortified by this one. 
If you're not that, everything will change how you travel with all of the other appearances. Find the one cog that everything rests on. Remove that cog, and you'll know you are on the money when you get relief, long-lasting relief. When you get satisfaction, yes, you'll know the problem by the solution. You can't know the problem by the problem. That would be self-knowledge. You know the problem by the solution. When there's a freedom from that, which is inherently so, it's nothing you produce or achieve, it's just a possibility you haven't entertained because you've been entertaining it as a self. So then that possibility of being free is cast into time and based on what you do or don't do. That's self playing God, yes? It's a nice possibility, free. I can possibly be free, that's nice. But now you possibly being free is a form of bondage. I've seen it, I see it with people. They have a sincere wanting to know something and that wanting to know something, the way it's constructed, is driving them fucking crazy. It'd be better if they wouldn't want to know the truth. They'd be more apt to fall over. But because they want to know the truth and it's been galvanized with importance, they're stuck in a little bit of a Chinese thumb thing. They can't get out and they're really, they're trying to move, maybe really slickly, like, oh, there's no self or whatever. But they're still moving, trying to get out of something they're not in. That's what's causing it to look like you're in it. You don't have to give this message a mental meaning of value. It's better not to, really. It's better to have the message get in and then produce its own value. And then you find out about its value. Instead of you playing God and slapping a value on it, on a conceptual idea. Yeah. You see it. If your mind thinks something's important, what happens? The system of thought thinks about it a lot more, doesn't it? As soon as mind has made something noble, you're screwed. Because now you'll be on a noble endeavor to know yourself. Jesus Christ. This mind, all it does is give meaning to things. Why not let the mind give meaning through you instead of your little conditional mind giving meaning to everything else? Let mind drop down some meaning to you. Find out a God of its own understanding and open up to that possibility instead of having to have a God of your understanding, which obviously makes it a very small God. And if you're thinking, who tells you how you're doing in your pursuit of God? You do. Your mental system, that's playing God with God. <laughs> I mean, you have to see it. This thing will go to the front door, to the side door, to the back door, to the cellar, to the skylight. It will just keep put, making itself relevant in something it has nothing to do with. <laughs> only an, an understanding is only a temporary thing so that the mind can just stretch out. Yeah, so you have an understanding like guardrails to sort of keep you in a certain ballpark, seemingly, yeah? But after a point, even that understanding loses any value to you because, you know, there's no need for it. You're that livingness of it now, yeah? And you've never not been that livingness. It's always been available at all times with no requirement necessary. You're the one that puts up the boundaries. You're the ones who partitions something that's of whole cloth. 
and it's not you that does it. That's the good news. If it was you that did it, and you tried not to do it, that's like a, someone running after its own tail, on and on and on and on, and just giving tons of meaning at every lap. Oh, I'm really, yeah, but it may take a few lifetimes to get there. Great. You're on right now, aren't you? You're conscious, yes? That's all that's required, is that your mind has the ability to do what? Know or reflect, yeah? What would happen if that mind, instead of constantly being pointing at things and reflecting things to another thing all day, would sort of, in a way, look and at no thing and see its original face, yeah? See that there's no one there. See, that's what happens when people ask, they go, they talk about asking, who am I? And they say, I never get an answer. That's the answer. That you don't get an answer. That's the answer. That silence, that space, that's it. I'm waiting a long time. I keep asking, who am I? That's it. The silence is screaming at you. But all you, all you can listen to is sound, you know, volume on sound. But silence is deafening. Yeah. That's your original face. When you look and there's no one there, that's the pure reflection of what you are. No one, no thing. Bing. Then everything's a mirror now. Everything that you see must not be you. <laughs> After a while, you, it's just a giving up. I mean, it's so pointless to keep looking. <laughs> it really is. You're never going to see it with that form of looking. Never. No way. It's impossible. Because, like St. Francis says, what's looking, which is the feeling of you looking, yes? Well, I would like to rather use the word what's seeing, is what the you is looking for. You see the impossibility of the you finally looking and with that, uh, that form of looking called self-centeredness, ever seeing what's actually seeing? If what's looking could, it would have already, yeah? This whole little play would have been over the first moment of it starting because you would see that what's looking is what you're looking for, yeah? But obviously it works pretty well to keep seeking when it's a you looking for what's looking, yeah? Yeah? So what is looking? Looking is just a claimed seeing. The seeing is in every moment of looking, but because it's the feeling of you looking, it, you, you're blind to the seeing every moment. You're blind to it. Like you were saying, it's closer than your juggler vein or whatever. It's prior to that. It's way past any, before any manifestation. You're so there, there it would there can take no time to get there. And there'll be no time that you can leave it. Yeah? You are that. It's so direct, it's like here, if I sit here and think I'm getting ready to do the talk, it was already here before I even showed up, yeah? It's prior to me sitting down, and it's prior to me, oh, I gotta turn on the recordings, it's already speaking then, yeah? It never stops, it's always available at all times. Literally, always available at all times because it's not of time, and it's not of place, so it's always available at all times and all places. So let's say you get to a point like this invitation, I may not be that. I may not be this idea of being a, 
long-lasting, independent, separate entity, yes? It doesn't mean you once was that, and now you have done something not to be that. <laughs> That's not what it's like. It's not like it doesn't verify that you were once a self, now that you're not a self. The sense of it is there's never been a self, yeah? So if there's never been a self, then the, the, there can never possibly be the absence of the solution. If the problem is truly imaginary, then the solution is all that there is, yeah? All that there is. There's no time restraint or conditional restraint or circumstantial restraint. If you, if for one second, life goes on and you're aware that there's no you there, yes? That one second has just showed you there's never been a you there. If, if self as you can be absent for one second and you haven't passed away, then that thing has always been absent. It's never been so. Never. Yeah. Never. So that's an absolute solution. Yeah. An absolute solution. If seen not to be so means it's not so. Not conditionally not so. I, at the retreat it seemed like it wasn't so. But now that I'm back to work it seems like it's really so. Yeah, it may seem like that. That's an experience you can have. But it doesn't make it so. It only seems like that based on the pro proclivities and conditioning of the little camera tripod. But it doesn't make that so. If it seems like it's missing, doesn't mean it is. Yeah. If it seems like it, it's far away, it doesn't mean it is. That is the illusory part of the selfing, yes? It causes things to seem distant and, and far from, yes? It makes what's always available somewhere else at some other time. It pictures you somewhere else at some other time every second of the day. When you believe you're here as you, you're not here. That here is comprised of tons of old ideas about past and tons of projections of ideas and thoughts about a future. There is never a clean here with a you in it. Yeah? When the you is the dominant self-system, the domi dominant mental system, there's never a clean here. There's never just here. And if there is just here, you're not there. It's you come up later, and then it claims it and makes up a story about how great it was. But in fact, the sense of you was absent. I mean, thoroughly absent in that moment. It may appear again, seemingly, but, and claim it, but it was not there. It's never been at any scene of any crime of your life, ever. That's the only thing that makes it a solution. Not conditional, it's not circumstantial, and most incredibly, it's not based on you. <laughs> that gives it the bona fide definition of a solution. <laughs> so if the head goes, well, I'm feeling good today, that's not you. If the head fell and says, I'm feeling bad today, that's not you. It's not negating that there's feeling good and feeling bad. All it is, is a negation of what's not so that's being implied to be so, yeah? By the mental process, listening to that, Kate, that radio station of K-Paul, what you come away with is something that's been assumed and implied by all the propaganda, all the advertising, is there is a you. That's the point of immunity. Not all the thoughts, yeah? It's what the thoughts, by looking at them in an ignorant view, what those thoughts produce is a sense of being a you. Yeah? They imply it. They assume it. 
all the thoughts and you and how they're held is that it's you, that all the thoughts are about you, or that you're the thinker of them. You can't believe it. All those thoughts that are being noted all day, underneath it, you don't see how they're being held. You're the thinker of every one of those thoughts. That's an incredible, incredible move. Yeah? Or they're about you, somehow, either directly or indirectly. Yeah? Now, you see the thoughts, but you don't see that little belief, do you? That you're the thinker of them. If you saw it, then maybe you'd be able to recognize, hey, I'm not that, because you would see it as a line of thought. But you, it's combined with a feeling now. You have a feeling that you're the thinker of them. Yeah? You have a sense that you're the thinker of them. That's the bonding agent. So there is a solution. And the solution is the problem's imaginary. There's tons of problems here, but the basic inherent problem of what you are and what you're not is an imaginary problem. There's no choice in what you are. No matter how much you think about what you're not and try to imply that it's you, there's no way it ever can be you. It can seem to be you in the mental realm, but it can never be you. There can never be a transition from an appearance into a reality. Yes? It's entertained, it can be like if you look at this room, every chair is in the same place, all the people are doing the same thing, and there's a sudden timeless little <coughs> and there's like a dropping down. It looks just the same, but there's a difference, yeah? A different type of relaxation that you can never get by 50 massages from the view of self. You can get massaged every hour on the hour, and you never have this form of relaxation. You just drop out of the whole process of self and interest and attention just goes into another whole another realm. Yeah? And then and then so it doesn't look like anything changed, but how you travel has changed dramatically. Yes? How you seem to be traveling here travels dramatically different when the, the onus of self is removed from it. Yeah? And then from that removal you realize that was the heaviest mental object that could be, ever be imagined. It's the biggest meaning the mental process can give anything. It's given the meaning of being you to the body. Like today, maybe what we did today, it took like, I think now that we're here, it took maybe 12 thoughts to navigate today, yeah? We can go here to eat. Someone said, hey, I'm getting hungry. All right. Some thoughts came. Oh, I know this restaurant there. No more. How's it? Oh, they have a little thing about gluten-free. Oh, they don't have much gluten-free fellas there. That's all. Okay, let's go glean this. All right. No thinking about what going to glean. <laughs> so just a little bit of like a bulletin, yes, yeah, so that you can navigate here in this realm of places, yeah? That's all. That's a nice, that's its purpose in a way, you know? One and one is two, you know, put this nut on this bolt. It works very well on that level. But when it starts pontificating 
as if you're the god of this place and that you can just have tons of opinions about how things should be and how they were and how they will be and riff on that like John Coltrane, you know, all day, blaring it in your freaking noggin, yes? That's gone beyond its little job description, yes? Now it's taken itself to be you. <laughs> and it has a whole lot of thoughts about you, a whole lot of thoughts about you, because that's the only way it can know anything, is by thinking. It cannot know spirit by thinking. You cannot, I cannot think of my spirit a week ago. I can't. I can think of this body a week ago. I can place it surfing at this beach a week ago. I can. My mind can think of it. It can pro project this body a week ago, but it cannot think about spirit a week ago. Let me think, how's my spirit doing? Exactly the same as it is now. <laughs> All right, how do you think it'll be doing later? Exactly the same as it is now. But I, there must have been a time when, no, exactly the same as it is now, because to it, there's only been a now. <laughs> every day that I've separated, every minute and hour I've sort of teased out to make it meaningful and throw tons of stories in it, spirit, now. That's it. That's its recognition. So I can guarantee how I'm going to feel as a spirit now. Exactly how, as a spirit, it's happening now. Yeah. It's the most reliable quote-unquote identification you can ever have. You're not going to get acne. You're not going to get blemishes. You're not going to feel bad or good. You're not going to be spaced out or not. You're going to be on. On every now that you're ever noted in this life until you pass away. It's the same, same, every moment, same spacious clarity, whatever, sometimes expressing love, sometimes whatever appropriate for the situations, doing its little number, having this huge thing going on that you're totally unaware of because you're trying to contact it through thought. Yeah. You can't grab it. You can't know it. You can't understand it. It's not yours to have. <laughs> you can't claim it. No one can have it and not you. <laughs> can't privatize it. You can't charge for it. <laughs> you can't do a lot of things with it. Yeah? <laughs> but if you open up to it, it's obvious relentlessness will come over you. Like it's on, and that's that. Doesn't blink, doesn't take a breath, doesn't look away, doesn't have an opinion, go, ooh, I don't like that, ooh, I really want to move towards that. It doesn't move towards or away anything. It's everywhere at all times, shining brightly. Yes, it's doing its thing. Yeah. And no matter what day, what minute you go and retrieve or go, and surrender to that, that's what that will be. It will never be anything else than what it is. And what it is is always so, so it is incredibly reliable. Yeah? You can truly, like they say in uh, spiritual terms, you can abide in the truth. Abide, you can live in that truth, you can rest in that truth. Well, the same energy that translates into abidance in the truth when it's going in that direction is what people would call obsession with self. It's the same energy. When put into self, it's an obsessive quality, very agitated. When it's put into what may, well, I don't even want to say anything's true, but to that, then it has another quality. It's very, very, very chilled out, very, very assured, and very, very confident. Yes, it's always available at all times. If you ever look at it, it's never then or there, it's always now. <laughs> Whatever moment, no matter how much you want to make it there, and then it's now. 
you can't, you can't make it into anything other than this. It's just like that old song, shine on brightly, you know? It's just on. Yeah. So, you'll never miss anything. You, you were never late. You're never like, I should have sat in the front of the bus. If I would have just went to Bombay when that teacher was alive, it probably would have really been great by now. All that is a story in time, yeah? This is a timeless solution. When it dawns on you, one of the quaders you'll probably have is it has nothing to do with patience or longing or anything like that. <laughs> it's just like, in its view, there is no time. Time has no value whatsoever. Yeah. So most of your story about you, constantly rooted in time, has no play there, really. Yeah. Did you ever hear that old thing with Jesus? I don't know what it meant, really. <laughs> but he talked about the guy who uh, goes and hires somebody at 8 in the morning to work in the field, yeah? Then he comes back, he hires some people at 11, and he hires some people at 3, and hires people at 4. And then they all get the same thing, right? And the people that were hired at 8 and worked all day were pissed at the person who just showed up and got the same, like, bonus, yeah? What is, I would say, he's implying the idea of the timelessness of the solution, yeah? It looks like, oh, this person spent their whole life trying to get here, and they, you know, they, and from their view, I deserve it more because I worked harder, but it has nothing to do with time. Whoever shows up, that's that. Yeah. <laughs> it's really frustrating when you hear that if you're invested in time, because you think, oh, I've been coming here for years. This guy just walked in and was awake. Jesus Christ. What's time doing for me? Nothing. You ever see that? It was a very old parable on that. He has a number one like that where, you know, the oldest son stays close and then the prodigal son goes crazy and parties his brains out, ends up in a pigsty, you know what I mean? And the only thing that's keeping him from going back to his father is his guilt and shame as being the doer, basically. And yet it gets to be so heavy, it collapses and he just asks for forgiveness or whatever and immediately the father appears on the road. He suddenly appears on the road, you know, to forget about, he doesn't have to get out of the pigsty. He does oh, I had to clean myself off and purify myself. No, immediately he's pictured at the road with his father meeting him, putting him a new jacket on and a ring. Let's go have this feast. And of course, the brother who's been working every day and never left the fucking farm thinks he's really pissed off. I should be getting more. I've been doing this for years. He just ran around like crazy and now he's like the big, you know, the prodigal son. Exactly. That was the title of the parable. <laughs> It frustrates you if there's an engagement with time, doesn't it? When someone seems to get something, because it's not a getting anything, yeah? It doesn't take any time. So, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. All these statements, he's just fucking with time, you know? And then you see how much value the mind system has in time. As if we've given it, we've christened it something real and solid outside ourselves that's imposing it on us. It's a mental aspect of the conditional mind time. Yeah, it's making it up. And I would say these parables are all about cutting it at the knees, yeah? Did anyone have any time to turn on the light tonight? No. <laughs> no one took any time to turn on the light. Come on. <laughs> Let's see how fast, it, how, how long it takes for the light to show up. Wow. All right. 
story. You know, all right, I got plenty of time. Yes, and it's like so lost in the ignorance of this and that. Every door I knocked, and not the light would never open. What? 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 <laughs> <laughs> story. <laughs> You're on a timeline, mind. Yeah, so. Now, once a person could say, hey, I've been doing talks for like two hours, three hours a day. But that's all of time, yeah? The same energy I feel when I first started talking early today is the same energy that's felt now. Every time you enter, seemingly enter, Every door looks the same, and the room is in the same position. Yeah? If, it took you, if you think it took you a while to enter, it looks exactly the same. If you just get sucked up into it, it looks exactly the same. You, and you make up all the, <laughs> all, the, like, all the entrances, but it's the same, same space. <laughs> it never changes. It can have different varying effects on this, but it's the same, 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 same. It's like, an, it's like an eye that never shuts. It's just looking or seeing, 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 seeing. And yet it's not an eye. It's just seeing. It's seeing nothing. There's no one seeing and there's nothing being seen. There's just seeing nothing. Yeah? And the feeling of seeing nothing can happen when you're looking at something. It can be available. Yeah? It doesn't say, I've got to stop looking at things to see nothing. No, you don't. One is something totally different than the perceptual constraints of this place, of looking at things. Seeing nothing is always available at all times. Yeah? Like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. It doesn't qualify what you're looking for or any time, does it? It makes a blatant statement, what's looking is what you're looking for. So any, any day there's a you looking for, no matter what it's looking for, that's what's looking. Yeah? So what's looking is the, uh, there's no variable in the what's looking. There's tons of mental variables in the you that's looking for, yeah? Because the you could be feeling different and looking at different things, yes? Millions of different things I can be looking at over a lifetime. But the, un, the invariable of the statement is what's looking. What's looking was there every time I was looking at anything in this life. There was what's looking, yeah? What's looking is the absolute and then the you looking for is the relative aspect of it, yeah? The relative aspect of it here is looking at things. The absolute is what's looking. So in the relative action of looking at for things, a you looking for things, is the absolute timelessness of what's looking. So obviously it's easily accessed because it's here. Why do we make it so fucking hard? Why is it that we have to make it con so conceptually constraining so that you become the God? And like, it's going to be up to you to know this. I'm going to have to work hard and study and this and that or purify or do all these things. Yes? In recovery, it says that one of the biggest statements in recovery is quit playing God. It doesn't work. It says that before the main concept of AA, which is, which is to surrender to a power greater than yourself, it says first, prior to that, you've got to quit playing God. And I would say, because if you don't, what's going to be surrendering, that surrender activity is going to be claimed by selfing. And the selfing is going to be a bigger God than whatever it's surrendered to. 
And therefore, you're going to have the experience that you can take it back anytime. I was okay. I was surrendered for a week, but then I saw this girl, and I really wanted to go out with her. I took life. I took it back. Then that fucking blew up my face. I surrendered again. Then I took it back. And it, there's this huge dance I hear about all the time in our community, all the time. I, I surrendered, but I took it back. I mean, who's the bigger God there? The God you surrendered to or the one who thought it surrendered? If the one who thought it surrendered thinks it can take it back, I would imagine you're the bigger God. <laughs> what? You can't have a better definition of playing God than that. Quit it! Why? But why? It doesn't work. And I'm making it even easier. I'm just saying you're not that which is playing God. You don't even have to quit it. We even take the quit it out. That's too much time. You're not that that's playing God. God doesn't have to play God. It's God in a way. <laughs> Only something that's not God would attempt to play God. <laughs> it's been very successful, hasn't it? You're its only devotee. <laughs> oh, yes, great one. Tell me what to do next. Uh, what's your opinion of this person? Oh, I think they suck. You shouldn't go near them. Oh, I, yeah. What's the opinion of me? Oh, you suck. <laughs> no one want to go near you. What? Oh, this opens up a lot of activity out there in the dating world. No one wants to be with me, and I, I don't want to be with anyone else. Uh, what do I get? Alone and right? Oh, I love it. Bingo. And I'll tell you, if the alcoholic system is in place, it's zenith. It's total, complete success is when you believe you're in a state of pitiful, incomprehensible demoralization. It has reached its zenith. That's what we call the bottom, but to it, that's its zenith. Yeah? When that system collapses because there's no more it can go to, then there seems to be a possibility things can be different. For many of us, no other way. There has to be a bottom. So there has to be a point where the system has gotten all the fuel it wanted to produce its greatest play, which is being pitifully, pitifully, incomprehensibly demoralized. Yeah? At that point, for many people, there's a solution because the system collapses for a little bit because it's just done everything it was going for. It has totally taken a mind and made it believe it was something totally like that that could be pitifully, incomprehensibly demoralized. It's amazing. Yeah? It's an amazing move. You're not an alcoholic, an addict. I mean, someone who's been in that world, in that bottom, they know what that pitiful, incomprehensible, demoralizing feeling is. It's something, it's exquisite in its production, really. I've never seen anything so dark, and there's no sense of you observing it. You're totally in the box. That's what a bottom is. All of what you think you are is in the box. There's no witness, there's no observer, there's no one, oh, look at what's happening to me. You're taking everything to be so, totally so. You've bought the whole farm, yeah? You've bought the whole farm, and then sometimes in that totally buying its product, there's a break, and there's a possibility of grace, and then you, know, you get recovered. Amazing, isn't it? Never have to experience that again, ever, in comprehensible demonstration. Never. Never. Never gone. Yeah? But that's its point. It wants to bring you there. Yeah? Maybe desperately, quietly. For us, it's more flamboyant, usually alcoholics. 
but in some respect it's going to cripple you to such a point that false evidence will constantly be appearing in you. You'll be taking all that it says as the God honest truth. Yet at every moment, the freedom is available. That's what's on my mind. Any questions tonight? No? No? It's going to take me a while to turn off all these these things, you know, one second. <laughs> This is the first one. All right, stop. Do that. That's Sometimes I've left this on, and it's gone on for like 12 hours. And there's some people that sent me emails, and they had listened to it for 12 hours. <laughs> and it had